0: All right, so here is our dilemma of the week. Uh, a lovely elderly Jew by the name of Yankala, we'll call him, uh, is an observant, traditional Jew, has a lovely family, but he's a bit concerned about one of his grandkids, um, his grandchild, uh, Simon, that um, even though he goes, went to a Jewish school, he graduated, but now he's in university, and he seems to be straying from the Jewish path. Uh, he is not so interested in any Jewish events. He's hanging around a different crowd. And so Yankala, the grandfather, is really concerned about this particular grandson, that, uh, is he going to stick with his Jewish identity, or is he going to completely lose it while he's in university? Now, Yankala is not a man of means. He doesn't have a lot of money, but... He, he decides that he, because he really wants his grandson to be Jewishly inspired, he saw that there was a weekend away, a Shabbaton, that was exactly four university students, exactly in Simon's position. And this was going to be a, like a, a seminar away where there's going to have an inspiring Friday night with a great speaker and a, little, a lot of workshops and socializing and meeting other Jewish people. And this was, it would be a fantastic opportunity for his grandson Simon to experience something positively Jewish and so even though it, it was pretty costly, it was in a nice hotel and the whole thing but Yankala decides it's, it's worth at least trying to connect his grandson to something Jewish and positive and so he buys a ticket for the, for the weekend away for his grandson Simon. Anyway, he calls him up, he presents it to him, and he says, this is an amazing opportunity. This is going to be a fantastic weekend, a lot of fun. You're going to meet a lot of nice people, and uh, there's going to be great, inspiring lectures in a, in a beautiful hotel with fantastic food. It's it's top-notch. It's an amazing experience. Here is the ticket. Please go, enjoy, and and uh, get inspired. So Simon, who... at <laughs> At the time, is really, this is the last thing on his mind to go to a Jewish weekend. He's just apathetic at this time in his life to, to this type of stuff. He's not all that excited about the idea. And he was trying to think of ways to sort of wiggle out of it. He thought of a great plan. He had another friend. Simon had a, another friend, uh, Frank, who... Jewish guy as well, maybe a little bit more involved. And so he thought maybe he'd enjoy this. This is like a really nice uh, weekend away. And uh, not my type of thing, says Simon, but, but for Frank, it might be good. So he calls up Frank and says, Frank, how would you like a great deal on a weekend away? What is it? So Simon offers to sell his ticket to Frank. For half price. It's an expensive ticket to, to go on this weekend, but I'll sell it to you for half price. And uh, Frank says, okay, sounds great. So he buys it and he goes away on the weekend and uh, has a great time. At the end of, the, of this particular weekend, one, they had, one of the attractions for the weekend was that they were doing a, some type of lottery. Where you could win a cash prize anyone who comes on the weekend can win a cash prize and so wouldn't you know it the way muzzle works the cash prize was won by frank's ticket now it happened to be the frank's ticket the name on frank's ticket was yuncle yuncle the grandfather who bought the ticket he was the one who his name was on the on the ticket even though he'd bought it for his grandson, Simon, and Simon didn't go, but Frank went. But the name on the ticket was Yankel And so when they announced the winner, so Frank had, had the winning ticket, but they also had, had uh, sent a message to Yankel that he's the winner of the lottery. And it was a considerable amount of money that uh, was the prize money. So now... What Yankel finds out from all this, not only he finds out that that the winning ticket was his ticket, but also that his grandson was not the one who received this winning, but his grandson's son Frank had bought, at a a cheap price, the place at the weekend. So Yankel's a little bit annoyed at this stage that uh, okay, his grandson didn't want to go, that's one thing, but like that some some other guy should get this this prize. I bought it for my grandson. My grandson's not getting it. I, I spent money on this. The least should be I should get it. And so your uncle says, I, I, that money belongs to me. The winnings belong to me. I should get, get the prize. Frank says, what are you talking about? I bought this ticket fair and square. And therefore, I'm the participant at the weekend. It's my ticket. The fact that it's got your name on it, well, it was yours, but I bought it. So, therefore, I get the winnings. Who's right? Who should get the
1: winnings? I think again, can't right. it can't it's... really be Frank's fault. He bought a ticket. He won a prize with that ticket. He doesn't know the backstory. Just too obvious. So it's obviously going to be a much more well, interesting and exciting answer.
0: <laughs> he's not—he's not at fault. We're, we're not saying he did something wrong, but the question is, does 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 he keep the winnings?
1: I'm saying I don't even—I don't even know why there is a question. His ticket, which he purchased legitimately, won a prize. That's all there really is, it from my opinion. Like he bought a ticket legitimately from a guy that owned the ticket, and that ticket won a prize.
0: Okay. What's the story? So, What's so the, assumption is, the assumption is that the purchase of the ticket was legitimate. Let's analyze that for a second. Uh. Is that a legitimate sale of the ticket? Could there any, be anything wrong with Simon selling the ticket to his friend Frank in the first place?
1: It, but even if there is something wrong with that, even if there is something wrong with that, does it have an effect on the buyer? Let, let's assume for a moment he's not allowed to sell it, but he did. So, but the event, it's sold. Does, does it have an effect on the purchase? Well, well purchase? Uh, a,
0: a, some, sometimes a sale will, will be null and void if it, if it was if it was on false premises. Right. So the question is, did Simon have the right to sell the ticket that his grandfather gave him as a gift?
2: Well, I mean, the only thing you could say is, did he get a right to the ticket or did he get a right to the experience? Right. So if you got a right to the experience, but the ticket actually was the grandfather's, then whose is it? Um, So it's like if you said... Uh, I bought you a night in a hotel room, I registered it under my name and my frequent hotel stay and I thought I was going to get the frequent hotel stay points and then the guy shows up and tries to register his own points, I might say, well actually I gave you the right to the experience but not to the points and everything else. You could lie in the bed, you could use the shower but
0: the ancillary benefits were never yours or um, mine. So, so we have to then a- analyze very good. We have to analyze the nature of the gift in the first place. Before we, get, before we can look at the sale from Simon to Frank, we have to look at the gift from Yankel to Simon. What's the nature of that gift? Is that, was that an unconditional gift? It, was he buying him this ticket to do whatever he wants with it? Or was there a specific
1: intention in this gift? And does it need to be stated? Because whatever the intention was, if he has stated it or not stated it, that should also make a difference as to what this guy can do with it.
0: Right. So, so, so that's true. Although sometimes an unstated intention, when it's obvious, is also binding. When the grandfather bought uh-huh. the ticket for the, for the grandson, this was not giving him a monetary gift. It was, it was saying, I want you to have this experience. The underlying unspoken intention was... I want you to be a bit Jewishly inspired. And so therefore, I would like you to go to this weekend. I bought your ticket to go there. So for him to then sell that on is questionable because it's almost as if this was a conditional gift. I'm giving you this gift because on condition that you have this this experience. If he doesn't want that experience and he's selling it on, well, then that's actually gone against the, the foundation of what that gift was. And so it's questionable whether you can then say it was a gift. It's almost like the gift would be null and void in the first place and therefore Simon wouldn't have the ability to sell something because it wasn't really his.
2: I mean, I think if you look at it really practically from a grandfather point of view, I don't think he had any avamina or original intent to retain any ownership on the gift, right? All he wanted was Jewish continuity. So he says to the guy, I've spent the money here. Just go, Right. The only outcome he wanted was a religiously connected child.
0: And if his grandson would have won the the prize, he would have been very happy. He would
2: have had him to
0: keep it, correct. So
2: now, after the event, he's going to try and make some conditions when really that was never his original intention, I think's weak.
0: Okay. Well to to say that his intention was not to give the prize money away, okay, that, that we could we could question. But to say his intention wasn't that his grandson should go to this, this event, that, w- that was why he bought it, that, that was clear. And so it's, it's interesting, Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, talks about the laws of gifts. Gifts have laws as well. You know, you think a gift is just out of the kindness of your heart, but there's a legal cr- transaction going on when I give a gift. And so Shulchan Aruch says that when you give a gift, if you give it conditionally, if you stipulate a condition, I'm giving you this gift in order for you to use it for A, B, and C, So then the gift is only yours for A, B, and C. And if you don't do that, so then the gift is not yours. It comes back. The question is when there was no stipulation, you just gave a gift. So then can you later say, well, I meant that it should be for this or or for that. Well, not really if you didn't stipulate. But if it's clear from the situation that that's what you gave the gift for, so then that could be binding. The question is, can we apply that here? Can we say that this is a grandfather giving his grandson a Jewish experience? That's what he was giving. So therefore, it's it's clear that that's the condition, and therefore the gift is only on condition that the grandson experiences it, not that he sells it to his friend. Can we say that, Or, or perhaps not? So it's really one for, you know, judgment, that your, your own judgment on this one, you could, whether you, you could say that's a, 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 like a tacit agreement, a tacit condition or not, but perhaps we could argue that in this particular case, it's a little bit more delicate than that. Indeed, the grandfather is trying to give his grandson a Jewish experience. He's trying to inspire him. A part of inspiring somebody is that you can't force them to do something. You, you can't tell somebody, I want you to get inspired, and I want you to go there and, do, and, do, and get inspired immediately. That, that, that's not inspiration. That would actually be pushing him further away. If you've, you've got here a, a guy, this young Simon, who is not all that connected at the moment, and by his grandfather being too pushy, that will probably turn him off. So the grandfather could not have made any kind of condition saying, I'm giving you this ticket, you must go to this weekend. You, you have to go. That, that would already put a damper on the entire experience. It had to be given in a way that was delicate, that was open, that there was the possibility that the grandson will not be interested in going and, and give up his place at the weekend. So if the grandfather is, is working sensitively, which it seems that he is, so we'd have to say that he was giving this gift quite unconditionally, even though his desire in his heart was that his grandson should go and have this experience, but he would not have made that an ultimatum, that you must go, because that would defeat the entire purpose of inspiring somebody. Not only that, but if if the grandfather is altruistic in his desire for Jewish continuity, it should give him at least some level of satisfaction that Frank, Simon's friend, went along and had this experience. Okay, it's not my grandson having the experience, but at least somebody, a nice person, a nice, a nice good young, young Jewish man is having this experience. That that's also positive. That's also good. He should be happy somewhat with that. So it would be what about, difficult to say uh, that there was a condition here. Hmm?
1: What about the lottery?
0: Oh, so once once we say that the gift is a complete gift, once we say that that he's given it to his grandson and therefore it's his ticket to Rip up if he wants, to attend the seminar if he wants, or therefore to sell it if he wants. It's totally his. So now we, we can go to the next step and say, well, now if the sale was valid, because he did give the gift with, 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 with all those, that openness, so it was Frank's ticket now. The grandfather could, however, argue that the nature of a lottery is that it's based on, on muzzle muzzle means luck whose luck was it that this ticket won it had my name on it if it has my name so isn't it my muzzle that won and therefore I should get the prize but uh, even that is a little bit of a weak argument it's a little bit weak to say that because it's got your name on it it's got your muzzle attached to it because bottom line was you gave it to your grandson and it's his he could have done anything he wanted with it, really, legally. He, he'd had the right to do everything he wanted with it, which he did. He sold it. So therefore, it becomes Frank's. The fact that it still has your name on it, because your, it was originally yours that you gave to your grandson, is not really relevant here. And so therefore, the winner of the prize is Frank. He, he can keep the prize.
2: So, Rabbi, question for you. You know, you're, you're arguing whether or not he gave it to his grandson whether it's nigh or not, and whether that can be applied. But isn't that a, a question for only the grandfather? So you're trying to make an objective conclusion as to whether or not, based on circumstances, it could have been done initially. But isn't that something that only the uncle can tell you?
0: Well, he could, but, but nothing here was expressed, nothing was in writing, nothing was said. And so we have to, we have to assess... You know, after the fact, somebody's saying, well, this is what I meant. It's a bit difficult when we're talking about uh, a monetary case. You can't, you, can't then, you can't then say, this is what I meant uh, in order to get this money. We, we are assessing it from the outside of saying, well, what, what is the circumstance? What, 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 were, what were the known circumstances of the gift? And based on that, we could say that it was given without a condition. And by definition, shouldn't shouldn't be, there shouldn't have been a condition. There couldn't be a condition because that would defeat the whole purpose of such a gift, this particular type of gift. Now, in conclusion, Frank does have the right to keep this money. If Frank was a real mensch, he may be willing to share some of that winnings with Yankel, In recognition of the fact that Yankel, out of the goodness of his heart, remember he, this was not something that, that he could so easily afford. But he stretched himself for his grandson, for hope that his grandson should connect to Yiddishkeit, and Frank ended up getting a half-price ticket. It would be nice of him to share some of the winnings with Yankel to offset some of the cost that that it cost him. But we cannot obligate him to do that. That would only be something that would be out of the niceness of his heart. Yankel also has to remember that if he wants to influence his grandson positively with Judaism, he has to be a living example of that, and a living example of that is showing a certain bre- broadness of heart and generosity that if Frank was the one who was supposed to go on this weekend, maybe he needed it for some reason more than Simon. Maybe it wouldn't have been so good for Simon. If you have real faith, then it means it wasn't, Simon wasn't supposed to be there, Frank was supposed to be there, and Frank was supposed to win. And if you believe that, with, that, with that, that type of faith, that would be a greater example of positive Yiddishkeit, maybe even more powerful than the weekend away that Simon missed out on.
1: Shagayach
0: Rabbi. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. Shagayach Rabbi.
0: Keep well.